Welcome to Joe Picks, an NFL team. In this podcast, Joe, abandoned by his San Diego Chargers, is evaluating all 32 NFL teams to find out who he should root for next season. For our penultimate episode, we head to the Magic City, Miami, the home of the NFL's only aquatic mascot, the Dolphins. By the end of this episode, they'll either swim into the Sweet 16 or get caught up in one of those tuna nets and... Actually, that's, that's horrible. So... Let's move on. Hit it, Jeff. Joe picks an NFL team. His Chargers fucked him over, wasn't that mean? So now he's starting over picking a team. Joe makes the ratings, but Dan does all the work. Woody visit, Woody cheer each and every single year. Are the fans an angry mob? Root with them, but not with Rob. Drink the city's local booze while you wait for Joe to choose. Joe picks an NFL team. I was going to suggest, will they blow a hole in the Sweet 16? Or will they be dorsal finished? (laughs) (laughs) Mine is better. (laughs) <laughs> Mine, mine's pretty bad. Yeah, it's bad. I tried to get something in there with porpoise for I've purpose, been thinking about but porpoise I just puns too. It. I agree. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get like, it. Will they be left without a purpose? I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not really. No. Joe, we're on the same page, but you know what, Joe? Yeah. Those four episodes last week were intoxicating in the editing room and how quickly and yes. easily we're gonna I was able through to edit this. them. Yeah, this is... It's not going to be an official lightning one, but this is going to be a semi-lightning one. So with that, we can't spend forever talking about the intro. We must move on, Joe. What the hell are you and, dare I say, me drinking? Dan, the surprise drinking with me. It's amazing. The we are for the Miami are Dolphins. Shocked. We are drinking a mojito. And I don't wow. think I have to describe... A, what's in a mojito? B, why we're drinking a, a mojito for Miami. It is a Cuban drink made with rum. Uh, it is one of the signature drinks of Miami. It's certainly what I would drink if I were in Miami, and um, it is quite refreshing. Wow. I didn't realize. I thought it was made with gin. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe your mojito is different than mine. Let me see it. Why are you drinking it in a martini glass with olives? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't have any rum, and I did have gin. To make this drink, I went into my backyard, picked a lime off my lime tree, picked some mint out of my fields of mint, and mixed them all together. And I guess it's not a mojito, but it's pretty damn good, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some gin variation of mojito that you're drinking. It sounds amazing. Yeah, a gin, a gin hito. A Love mo- the fresh mint. Mojito fresh mint. Yeah, it's good. Last of the mojitans. <laughs> All right, we got to stop with the puns. It's That's done. We're done. Okay. Uh, wow, Joe, open the mailbag. This is my kind of mailbag. This is like when you get the catch of tuna over and you look in and it's just tuna, no like uh, mammals in there. So let's both of them animal related and both of them about last week's episode. Fantastic. Also, Riley the diabetic. He sent in a great email about all four Lightning teams, but unfortunately he sent it in like an hour after we finished recording all of them. So sorry, the diabetic. Great email, great information. Unfortunately, it is all obsolete, but you know, you're, you're still a super fan, so it's okay. 
from Andy, Superfan Andy. Hi, Joe and Dan. First off, love everything about the podcast except Schittsburg having the highest score. As a Bengals fan, your Panther episode teased who would win in a fight between all of the cat teams. I wait, wait, decided pause, to pause, 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 pause. Is this Andy Dalton? <laughs> it's not. Well, it could be. Oh no, no, no. He's his last name is B. So unless Andy Dalton, like on the internet, goes by Andy Bolton. Well, or or if his middle initial is B, if it's Andy B. Dalton. <laughs> it could be. Okay, you can keep going. Sorry. Like Johnny B. Good. <laughs> okay. As a Bengals fan, your Panther episode teased who would win in a fight between all of the cat teams. I decided to do some Googling and found Lion versus Tiger, and here is the best thing I could find. Uh, it's an article that says Tiger versus Lion, who would win? I'm not right. clicking it, but he says, as the two biggest felines, I think it's safe to say the Panthers and Jags don't stand a chance. And aside from the article, you can see the Bengal Tiger is number one. So who day? Cincinnati would love to have you as a fan. Can't wait to hear the next two episodes. Have a good one, Andy. So first of all, um, Andy Dalton's middle name is Gregory, so that dream is dead. No. Uh, secondly, the Jaguar is the third biggest cat. So, you know, if a Jaguar were scrappy, I think it's possible. Now, I, I think I'm going to go with the Tiger, but you know, Joe, I did some Googling of my own because in last week's episode, we brought up who wins in a fight, a bear or a tiger? Which is a and great I, question. I saw a nice Quora thread that described, basically they said if it were a polar bear versus a tiger, the polar bear is just going to win because the polar bear is so huge. But they said that's like unfair and unrealistic. So they said a grizzly bear versus... Unless it's like one of those um, starving polar bears on like a floating ice. <laughs> like <laughs> one oh, of those no. polar bears that hasn't eaten in like six months. That's a desperate polar bear. That is, that's the polar bear you don't want to come across. Oh, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. That polar bear yeah. is real, real hard up. Yeah, yeah. that polar okay. bear will do anything. They'll Fair taste enough. the most delicious meat of all, Joe, human <laughs> meat. But anyways, basically it talks about a grizzly bear versus a Bengal tiger, and they laid out a very interesting scenario. And I think in our podcast, we were pretty, well, certainly me, I was on, I thought team bear. I thought the bear is going to win. But the person I felt made a pretty convincing case that the tiger has a chance and and probably the tiger is a favorite because essentially their argument is the bear's definitely tougher the bear's like bigger their skin is thicker they're like their skull is like surrounded by like their skulls like you know so inches thick with bone they've got the claws and everything but they're sort of oafish they're not really like speed demons and they said the tiger is basically if the bear successfully hits the tiger, then the bear wins. Because once that tiger's injured, it's all over. But they right. said they, they thought the tiger's just going to be sort of dancing around the bear. And then eventually at some point, the tiger is going to like take a bite out of the bear's leg or something. And once basically whichever animal gets injured first, it's over. The other one's just going to kill it. And they thought that the tiger, due to being more nimble, more athletic, faster, is going to get the first blow in and... The tiger's going to win, but they said it's really anybody's game. They said if the grizzly bear like gets a swipe and you know hits the tiger, then they, they said the tiger's much more fragile than the bear. So like if the if the tiger sustains any damage, then it's all over, and the bear's just going to destroy it. I mean, I really wish there was a ethical way to set up these fights. I think maybe if um, like 
AI gets good enough, yes, we can they sort could of, really like simulate a bear. Yeah, they could simulate the whole thing. But yeah, it would be cool to watch, but it'd also be pretty uh immoral to put them together. Yeah. Not I in mean, the wild. I was trying to think if there's an ethical way to do it. Like if you could take take someone who is like a big game hunter and they were about to shoot a tiger and say, Okay, this tiger was about to be dead no matter what. But instead we're gonna give it a fighting chance. Hmm. But even that, <laughs> no. you know, if it, it, it feels wrong. Doesn't yeah. feel right. What if it if you know, could you find I mean, I guess this would this would influence a fight, but if you could find a tiger and a bear that both had terminal illnesses. Yeah, but then they're not at their best. Right. Right. It would have to be right after the illness was diagnosed but before it like ravaged their body. It'd yeah, but still it's gonna getting brutally assaulted and eventually killed at the hand of the other animal is probably gonna be pretty painful. So yep. No, you're right. I don't, you're right. Yeah, th- this is. Uh, but we, at least they're like fighting it. for glory. Yeah, no, there's no way. There's no way. You've talked me. Yeah, out they're of it. fighting for glory, but yeah, they're, they did not choose that, Joe. They did you're not right. choose to be put in the Coliseum. Well, if any of our super fans can think of an ethical way to make that happen, I'm all ears. Yeah, I mean, Joe. One could argue that the Bears playing the Bengals itself in the NFL is not moral not or ethical. ethical. <laughs> 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 That's right. Oh, that's funny. All right. Anyways, second email. Thank you. New, potentially new super fan or also potentially the Red Rocket quarterback of the Bengals, super fan Andy. Second email from an old friend, super fan Jay. He says, you guys were talking about a donkey last week and we had surmised that the only way that the whole thing makes sense is for the horse to fuck the donkey to create the mule but joe we are dead wrong and we forgot to think of one very important thing he says quote a horse is not fucking a donkey because that big of a baby can't come out of a donkey the donkey fucks the horse and that makes the mule only donkeys fucking horses here you don't let your golden retriever breed a chihuahua that's how you get an exploded chihuahua I'll send you some more mule facts later. Fuck the Saints. Super fan Jay. Did you get the follow-up mule facts or no? He did not send any more mule facts later. Maybe he's going to send those specially for the uh, the playoff episodes. Well, because I did my own because I did my own Google searching. This is interesting. We both did separate research because I, when I listened to the podcast, kind of re-engaged my curiosity about why you would have a mule. Because to me, it just seems like if you're a farmer. The best thing that you can have is a self-sustaining farm. So you buy a bunch of horses and then you want those horses to breed with each other. And same with cows. You don't have to go buy a new horse every time your horse dies, which essentially with a mule, you're like choosing to end that line. So I did some research about like, why, why a mule? And apparently mules are just, to answer the question we asked, mules are just super useful. A mule has the strength and I guess the, uh, what's the right word for it? Like the lack of fragility. Horses are very fragile. Donkeys are very sturdy. So it has the sturdiness of a donkey with the f- speed and strength of a horse. A mule has a speed of a horse? I don't think so, Joe. I think, well, it might not be as fast as a horse, but it is faster than a donkey. So donkeys are very strong and very sturdy and can live on rough terrain and also are not picky about what they eat. So it can be kept very cheaply. 
horses are strong and fast, but they're very delicate. If they break a leg, it's really hard for them to heal. They're very picky about what they eat. They can only like survive and like thrive in certain terrain. And a mule is apparently the best of both in that they're very sturdy, but they're also fast and strong like a horse. Huh. Well, there you go. That makes sense. And coming out of the horse so as not to explode the donkey, which that that seems immoral. I didn't even think about that. But if you like bring your chihuahua to the dog park and like a bigger dog sort of has sex with it, that's, you know, it's pretty dangerous situation. But aren't all puppies pretty small? I mean, a chihuahua itself, even full grown, is pretty tiny. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, we've we've learned. I feel all we need to know about those topics, Joe. We did four episodes last week. We had to have some fan feedback. What do we got? Well, let's start with. I'll, I'll, let's do two of them. Let's start with the uh, jaguar, since that was our first episode last time. Jaguar. The jaguars. Well. Just as I predicted, the highest rated comment and first comment is, no idea why anyone would care. I said, fuck it, the instant talk of London Jaguars. Yeah. We knew it. <laughs> I mean, we knew it. It's a pretty fair it. response. But I will say, okay, and, and we'll talk about this with the Rams too. On every forum I posted in now, and this is a, a relatively new phenomenon, I've come across former San Diego Charger fan. So I'll read one more comment. As another former Charger fan, I hope you join the Jags Nation. I still live in San Diego and catch some shit from a few friends for rooting for a bad team. But most people I know seem to really be hoping the Jag turn things around, and I think they'll genuinely be happy for me when it happens. And similarly, with the Rams, I came across other Charger fans who are rooting for the Rams for the exact same reason we talked about. Because they're the like oppositional team. It's the best way to troll the Spanoses. I was raised to hate anything that comes out of Los Angeles. Hate the Dodgers, hate the Raiders, hate the Lakers. Chargers moved to LA, so now I root for the Rams. I think like what happens with other teams, it's hard to talk to the Rams fans because the people who are still Rams fans either were from LA and chose to follow the team even through all their years in St. Louis, or they're from St. Louis and chose to continue to follow the Rams, even though they moved to L.A. So for them, me picking a new team just because the Chargers moved is sort of ridiculous. Because yeah. this, this is a self-selecting group of people who have decided st- to stick with the Rams despite the move. Yeah. So I would characterize both the Rams and Jags as not great. Yeah. All right. Well, I, it's hard to say that you we could have expected more. Certainly not in the Jags episode. Yep. Yep. But I do have a little bit more feedback, Dan, if you're ready to take a trip to our favorite location. Wait, Joe, are you telling me? I'm telling you. Let's take a, let, let, let's do it, Dan. It's Packer Corner. Green Bay loves them some Joe. It's Packer Corner. Pandering to cheeseheads who write to the show. Brought to you by Milwaukee's Best. All right, Dan. So we're in Packer Corner. Joe, hold you... on. I just want to say it's been a while since we've been here in a non-lightning way. It's nice in here. I miss it. It's beautiful. We got the Packer beanbag chairs here in the corner. We got some uh, a nice bowl of Packer punch. Is this it? I mean, this has got to be our last Packer Corner of the series. Wow. 
I didn't even think about that. Although I guess when the Packers are in the playoffs, that, that will we'll, be Packers. We'll probably, corner. yeah, we'll probably right, go back. Right. All right, so we're not leaving we'll Packer be back yet. Okay, yeah. Dan, can you guess who's who's um, sending us on this one-way trip to Packer Corner? Hmm, I'm gonna say Rob. You are correct, sir. It is Rob, and Rob, our friend Rob, is finally caught up and gotten around to listening to the Panthers episode where we got a uh, very lovely email from superfan Tom, who also brought us to Packer Corner. Yes. And Rob has a, uh, I guess you'd call it a rebuttal, but this is going to be, I mean, you're going to need to take a shower after this, Dan. This is one of the dirtiest Packer Corners we've ever had. Wow, you're selling it so hard, Joe. I can't wait to uh, see your (laughs) friends tear each other apart. It's all I've ever hoped for. If we recall, Dan, if I think back to Tom's email, my memory of Tom's email was one of serious concern for a fellow fan, not because I didn't think Tom was calling out Rob for having some allegiance to the Seahawks, having some allegiance to uh, the Patriots. I think he mentioned it, but really he was talking about Rob's hate-filled heart and the fact that Rob doesn't want me to root for the Packers. Rob's uh, response has really leaned into the hatred. So I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to let Rob speak for himself. What is Tom's problem? Is he dim or were there some problems translating the podcast into Korean? Wow, that's low, Rob. I am a lifelong Packer fan, unwavering for as long as I can remember. Seriously, my memories only go back to when I was five. There was never a point in my life when I considered picking a team as Tom lamely suggested. My favorite player as a kid was James Loftum. I played football every day at recess in elementary school and was the only kid repping the pack. Unsurprisingly, they went 4-12 and every year and their QB was named Lynn Dickey. I've seen them play in Foxborough twice, flew to Tampa on Christmas Day to watch them, and have a running bet whenever they play the Seahawks that the loser has to jump into Lake Union. It sucked losing in January for the NFC Championship game. I used to frequent a local Packer bar to watch games at 10 a.m., and I argued with my 10-day past-due pregnant wife at 3 a.m. about our child's middle name because I couldn't agree to her demand to become a Seahawk fan. I'd put my lifetime of Packer loyalty up against Tom's any time. Why is it so hard for people to understand that I like my current and previous hometown teams as secondary teams, Seattle and New England, and have been doing that before the Seahawks were even in the NFC and before the Patriots were any good? Is that really that confusing? Criticism for this is really just a sign that these, quote, fans only remember the last five years when the Packers and Seahawks became rivals. My football loyalty goes back decades, not the recent history that guides the opinions of these haters. So Tom, I'll wait for my apology, though since it'll travel over the international dateline, it should have gotten here before you even sent it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to say this, Joe. I don't think this is the best rivalry between two people that we've even had in the uh, the 30 episodes. I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not getting behind this. No, I mean, I felt like the the Jay Jeff rivalry had an undercurrent of love and mutual respect. I mean, this just feels nasty. Yeah, the Jay Jeff rivalry is definitely if we're rating the rivalries that happened, it's like number one. It's not even close. And, you know, the Jeff Carlos friendship. I mean, we've just had I feel like with the Saints and the whole NFC South, we've had a real 
we've had everything you could have. We had the rivalry between teams. We had the teams bringing people together. And here it's two fans of the same team ripping each other apart. Fan on fan violence. I hate it. I don't like it. I, I don't feel like this was a good trip to Packer Corner. I told you you're going to need a Packer shower after this. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, I really like the Packers. And seeing as the Packer fans themselves can't get along is uh, making me feel that I should question, you know, my support of the Packers. It's true. It, it may influence my rankings. Because I'm thinking right now, I know Saints fans stick together. This is why I feel like I'm proven right. It does. It is bad to root for a team that Rob roots for. Look at what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, Joe. It's Packer Corner. By Packer Corner. Loves him some Joe. That was a bad one, Joe. I know. It's I know. Packer Corner. This can't be our last trip Packer Corner. No, it's not. I mean, show. when we actually do the Packers, we need a fresh start in Packer Walking's Corner. Best. Frankly, we should spray some Febreze. We should maybe rearrange stuff a little bit. <laughs> Dan, just like, just like in the previous episode when you sped everything up, maybe you should slow down the Packer Corner sa- song so that it sounds more somber. <laughs> I mean, if I knew something about music, I could change like the key or something to make it seem like <laughs> more ominous, like, but more like funereal. Yeah. But I don't know how to do that. Something about minor keys or something. I don't know. I'm not, I don't right. know anything about music. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get that behind us. I'm spraying Febreze here. Cheese, cheese, cheese flavored Febreze. Yes. But you know, we're done with that. Change focus. Start afresh. We've got a whole new team. We've got no ratings. And for the second to last time ever, Joe, we are going to rate a team. So let's do this. And let's do it. We haven't been here in a long time, but we've got Tony's draft status. Tony's back. He didn't do any of the lightning teams because he said, you know, they didn't seem important enough, but he's back for these two these two unbelievable teams, Joe, which you've saved the best for last. Tony's draft status for the Miami Dolphins. In round one with pick number 22, they took Charles Harris, defensive end, Missouri, who is kind of a tweener. But the draft Knicks said this was a really deep draft for pass rushers, and a lot of them fell with the early run on quarterbacks and wide receivers. Second round, they took rangy three-down linebacker in Raekwon McMillan from Ohio State. Oh, Tony loves him some Buckeyes. Third round... Cordrea Tankersley, cornerback from Clemson. The Dolphins clearly think their offense is in good shape with Tannehill, Ajayi, Jarvis Landry, and Devontae Parker. Yeah, I, I mean, I know Tony's being facetious here because he sent this like a day ago, so he's aware. I mean, or maybe they're just drafting for the future anyways. They went D with their first three picks, and uh, they went D with six out of eight picks overall. So very D-heavy draft. All right. Thanks, Tony. Glad you're back. Number one, don't win a team that's too good or too bad, Joe. The Super Bowl odds for these Miami Dolphins is 40 to 1. They've won the Super Bowl twice. Joe, do you know what's the the most interesting fact about the Dolphins' Super Bowl victory in 1972? Well, that was their 16-0 season. 17-0 season, Joe. 17-0 season. And do you know who they beat in that Super Bowl? They beat, no, I have no idea. My Washington Football Club. Oh, oh my no. God. They were, they were so good back then. And then they won back-to-back Super Bowls. They won it again in 73. They beat the hapless Minnesota Vikings. And so there you go. They've won Super Bowls twice in their history, including 
uh, historically the, you know, the only undefeated season ever in NFL history. So that's cool. So their over-under on wins this year is 7.5, or at least it was before Tannehill got hurt. The market, as far as I could see, was uh, suspended. You couldn't even bet on it now, so I'm sure that's going to adjust down a little bit, that people just aren't sure what with Jay Cutler. But, you know, they're around that, whatever. 7.5, slightly expected to be under 500 team, but, you know, they have a, a chance to, uh, you know, make 8-8, and 9-7, and seven, whatever. Past 10 years, Joe, win percentage? Middle third. Playoff wins? Bottom third. Made the playoffs? Bottom third. All right, Joe, you are two out of three, as per usual. Actually, that's a good week for you. Yeah, win percentage? Great. Bottom third, 44.4%. Puts him 24th. Playoff wins? A big, fat zero, putting them at 28th. And they made the playoffs twice, which puts them at 24. So this team, as we said, we're saving the best for last, is a bottom third team all the way around in the past 10 years. But, you know, they've been better as of late. They made the playoffs last year. So this was a team that was expected on the rise. A pretty interesting and exciting offense, especially if Tannehill could take a jump with their wide receivers. But obviously with Tannehill out for the season and Jay Cutler is the quarterback, uh, they're fortunes for this year really took a hit so what do you think yeah i mean this just seems to me like a team that's going to have a bad year compounded by the fact and i guess we'll talk about it a little bit more in the division ranking but compounded by the fact that like we talked about this comparing the bills and the titans who are relatively similar teams but the bills just have a much harder path to do anything successfully and i think that's also true for the miami dolphins i mean in 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 other divisions even other divisions within the afc they could be nine and seven, ten and six, and win the division, but it's just not going to happen with the Patriots. Uh, and that is sort of a, it's a higher curve for them. The other thing is that we talk about the historical nature of like, okay, so if they won it, what would that be like? Well, certainly it'd be very exciting because they would be huge underdogs. Yeah. And However, they haven't won since 1973, which, you know, is better than never winning it at all or worse than never winning at all. But, that's it's been a long time. But but they are also the only team in the NFL that can never have a better season than their best season. Even the Patriots could go undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. The Dolphins can't do it. They can't ever match that. So I think that it's that bad combination of not really good enough, so a little too bad, and also they have historic wins, so it takes away from that excitement. So this is like uh, three and a half out of 10. Three and a half out of 10. All right, Joe, into the division we go. Surely, surely they can rebound from that three and a half when we look at this division. Uh, oh, wait, probably not because we've been here three times before. You gave the Patriots a four. You gave the Bills a three and you gave the Jets a three. As you say, you're just calling the balls and strikes. The updated Vegas odds for this division probably taking into account the injury. I think the injury probably bumped the Pats up a little bit more. So the Pats are now 82% likely to win the division. The Dolphins are the second highest team at a nice round 10%. The Bills check in at 6% and the Jets, 1 in 50 odds are at 2%. So, you know, the least competitive division in football by a probably by 40 percentage points or something. Yeah, I mean, I think three for the Jets and 
and the Bills is fair. I think, once again, I want to give the Dolphins a three and a half here because I do want to bump it up for the fact that if if there is any competition in the division, if they make a real uh, fight of it, it's going to be the Dolphins that do it. Yeah, and they did make the playoffs last season, so they were expected to be the team. You know, it, it like that that division there. It always like cycles. Oh, this is the Jets year, the year that they're competing with the Pats, and this is the Bills year, and this was like this is going to be the Dolphins year. This is going to be the year that somebody has a chance to unseat it, and then of course their quarterback gets hurt, and it's uh, just another obvious Pats going six and zero in the AFC East, and no competition at all. All right. Three and a half. So they need to recover. They've off, Dolphins off to a poor start. Let's see if number three can help. Does a head coach mean a minimum threshold of confidence? Their head coach is Adam Gase. He's been the head coach for one year. In that one season, he went 10 and 6 and made the playoffs. So he is 100% making the playoffs with this team. Roto World ranks him number 10. After years in Joe Philbin jail, the Dolphins suddenly have the NFL's brightest coaching prospect. Adam Gase's coordinating momentum continued unabated his first year as his own boss. Dealing with one of the league's most unwieldy rosters, Gase stabilized Ryan Tannehill before losing him to injury. Uh, it's a familiar story. This was you know written long before this. Traditionally, this would have been when Miami's season went off the rails. Not with Gase. The rookie head coach managed and manipulated a 2-1 record out of journeyman Matt Moore, clinching the Dolphins' first postseason appearance in 10 years. Despite talent's Limitations on both sides of the ball, Gase displayed an innate ability to put his players in the best position to succeed. It wasn't all about his system. Gase played to his team's strengths, not his own rigid vision of what winning football is supposed to look like. It's what he did with Peyton Manning in Denver and Jay Cutler in Chicago. With Gase at the controls, the Dolphins might finally break New England's one-party rule of the AFC East. That is... A very, very nice review of a uh, first-year head coach as far as Roto World goes. So, Joe, what do you think? Well, I think it's important to note that the Is the Coach Competent section is sponsored by our favorite website, Dan. That's true. (laughs) Pollingthesidelines.com. Don't you wish, fans at home, don't you wish that there was a way that you could find out what fans of all 32 teams think of their coach? Not just once. Not just at the beginning of the season, not just at the end of the season, but week in and week out as the season progresses. Do they like the coach more? Do they like the coach less? Is someone's stock plummeting? Is it going through the roof? What's happening? I know. You could imagine Adam Gase was like started last season as maybe a C minus or a C, you know, unknown coach. And then by the end of the season, probably at an A. I mean, if he's going two and one out of Matt Moore, you know, maybe a, you know, maybe a B plus, you know, people are giving themselves a chance for him to uh you know show more but how exciting wow what great great ad read joe and frankly takes 30 seconds to sign up go on right now totally free but the more people do it the more valuable it is and joe you know right now. Uh, unfortunately signups are locked once the season begins you can no longer get in and have your ratings count towards the uh the overall averages so you know if you're listening to this on and the NFL season is less than a week away. Get on it. There's no time to wait. And frankly, Use- Dan, people listening to this literally listen to us talk about bears fighting tigers and the value of mules and and which which whether a donkey or horse would have to give birth to it for like 
15 minutes. So if they are saying that they don't have time to go onto a website for 30 seconds to actually be part of something great and exciting, I just don't know what to think. I mean, had they gone to the website when you first mentioned, it would already be done, and they're still listening to the ad about it. So that's 30 seconds is actually an overstatement of how long it takes. Overstatement. Okay. And click the uh, radio icon and put in code JoePixonNFLTeam.Dan. So just so we can track and make sure we know where it came from. <laughs> All right, Dan. Uh, I think this – I like rising stars. I like – young coaches. I also like coaches that seem to be doing great things with, um, with few talent, right? I mean, like, I think he's actually accomplishing more than he probably should with, uh, the tools he's been given. So I think this is a seven and a half out of 10. Seven and a half. Wow. That's a great score for that category. Very exciting. The dolphins are making a comeback. Number four, do the players get in trouble with the law? Overall, in the past, you know, since the crime blotter was around, they were have 31 incidents, which puts them in the top third. However, when looking at the past five years, they only have five incidents, which puts them to right towards the bottom third. And so they've been sort of cleaning up uh, as of recently. And maybe why, if we look at our player highlights, we'll see a little bit why. Well, first of all, there weren't many things to look at recently. As I said, they had very few incidents. But I'm going to highlight a couple of them, and we'll sort of see what they're, uh, how they deal with incidents. Chad Ochocinco Johnson signed with the Miami Dolphins in June of 2012. At this point, he's washed up, but whatever. He's on the team. So later that offseason, he is accused of a domestic incident with his wife. He's accused of headbutting his wife that he was uh, married with uh, recently. Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson is released the day after the arrest. So they don't even, you know, they just see the rest. Apparently, this is happens on the episode of HBO Hard Knocks that season. So we see it all happen live. Uh, and, you know, essentially, the thing, the incident happens and they just say, look, it's not worth it. You're off the team. At this point, again, he is washed up, but still... I mean, if it's the first episode of Hard Knocks, it's probably right in the beginning of the preseason before he even has a chance to battle for the job. I don't know. I didn't watch it. The season, fast forward to 2016, a guy whose name I didn't even, it's not even linked fully, but his last name is Orr. He was on the Dolphins practice squad. In this, During the season, he's promoted to the active roster. So mid-season 2016, he's on the active roster. He is arrested on charges of marijuana possession, possession of a controlled substance, possession of a firearm. What do the Dolphins do? They release him the next day. So this guy's obviously kind of a scrub in that he started on the practice squad and was promoted to the roster. But still, he gets in trouble with the law. He's arrested. They release him the next day. So this is clearly a team that seems to have pretty little tolerance for i mean again these are like cherry picking incidents because a there weren't that many and b both of these people are kind of scrubs but you know they're not like other teams that could sort of look the other way these are teams that the second the incident happens they're just cutting ties with these players yeah i mean you know the one thing that i was thinking about and it's not um part of the crime blotter but do you remember the whole richie uh, incognito thing from a few years ago Ah, that's right. The big bullying thing. Yeah. And if I remember that correctly, the Dolphins 
once again, similar to what you're saying, we're actually pretty quick to react to suspend him. But there was also, it was kind of clear that there was a bit of a locker room culture around this. And I mean, I, I don't know if it would be fair to judge the Dolphins on that because I don't know how unique that is. And they also did suspend him, if I recall uh, correctly. But I think like that was a pretty ugly incident. Yeah, that probably would have been a much better player highlight, Joe. But this is my least favorite category, and I was so excited to be over with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm just reading about it right now. Yeah, he the whole incident happened. He was eventually suspended, but I think you know the situation. By the time it got suspended, the situation certainly had gotten. Obviously, whenever these locker room incidents are becoming national news, it's it's clearly gone too far. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this team definitely doesn't seem like the worst. Um, and I agree they do respond to things quickly. But I think that, that incident does stick out in my mind. So let's say, uh, let's just go 5 out of 10, right down the middle. 5 out of 10, right down the middle. Number 5, what does Rob think about this team I'll bet because of that bullying thing, Rob doesn't like them. Hate to go back to Rob and his deep hatred after that ugly Packer corner. Hold on. Only two more of these, Joe, and then it'll it'll all be over. Oh, is he coming to the draft on uh, Sunday? He is coming to the draft on Sunday, yeah. Wow, that might be awkward, Joe. <laughs> so Rob rates Miami as his 19th favorite team. So on the lower end, but still, you know, somewhat in the middle. And he says, the Dolphins are a historically awesome team. They've been mediocre for a long, for long enough that I don't resent their success in the 80s. The undefeated teams of the 70s, Larry Sanka and Mercury Morris are legends. The original gunslinger, Dan Marino, one of the best nicknames for wide receivers, the Marx Brothers, Mark Duper and Mark Clayton. Hell, even Nat Moore was great. God, Rob talks so much more about football than we do. Uh, he really current, knows a lot. <laughs> current underdog, great franchise, good team. Now, just go beat the the Patriots for fuck's sake. And that seems better than 19th, but uh, that's where he ranked him. You know, you know, this is, you know, just classic Rob inconsistencies. I'm going to go right in the middle, five out of 10. Five out of 10. All right. Number six. Is it a city you'd enjoy visiting to go to a game? Joe, have you been to Miami? I have been to Miami. It was fantastic. I went there to visit some friends. I was back in high school, so it's been a long time. But we went to the beach. We drove around. <laughs> we went to a highlight game. How about that? That wow, was fun. Wow, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were too young to go to clubs or anything like that, but uh, it was great. I had a great time. Wow. The only time I went there, I went there with Superfan Tony to watch USC kick the shit out of Oklahoma in the national championship game, which, uh, according to the Associated Press, that still did actually happen. And so I've actually been to the stadium where the Dolphins play, but I've never seen the Dolphins. So that's another pro stadium that I have been to. Nice stadium. Wow. Fun time. Wow. But that must have been a great, great trip, huh? Yeah, it was pretty fun, although we were just there. We flew in, watched the game, and then flew out the next morning, and we didn't have much money, so we were staying, and it was not, it was not the type of glamorous trip I would, yeah. I would take today if I were doing the same thing. Though I guess you're coming from L.A., so it's like Miami doesn't have the same allure, right? Yeah. Well, when I got there, my memory of it was just like, wow, Miami is way too cool for me. If you're coming, 
as an Oklahoma fan, you're like, this is the best place I could possibly be going. From LA, it's still great, but you're like, I flew across the country for beaches and, you know, and, you know, beautiful people. And I live in a city with beaches and beautiful people. It was, it was different enough though. It was, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a place where I understand why all the like pro basketball players and whatever love it. I mean, they love LA too, but it's a cool place. But anyways, I'm not yeah. even reading the TripAdvisor stuff because it's all stupid and we've both been there. So, Joe, what do you think? Yeah, Miami's great. I would love to go to Miami. I think on like the scale of am I realistically going to go there, probably not. The one thing, you know, I don't know where to talk about this. It is I'm... literally on the exact opposite yes. corner of the country from you. Yes, it is the furthest I can go and still be in the U.S. Do they even – do do planes – have enough fuel to even make it from Seattle to Miami without stopping? Almost. You have to always, you, you have to stop to refuel in Orlando. It's so close. Oh, they, they can't quite make it. You have to get on the little <laughs> propeller plane. Exactly. Uh, they just take, yeah, they just shuttle you. Um, so a really good friend of mine, Ari, grew up in Hawaii and of course doesn't have an NFL team in Hawaii. So you would think maybe he'd become a fan of San Diego, sort of closest you know, maybe a place where he has some other family connection, but no, he picked Miami. And according to him, and he's a new super fan, he's catching up. So he'll hear this eventually. According to him, there's a lot of Miami fans in Hawaii because they sort of like, well, the climate's the same. They have dolphins. We have dolphins. We'll root for Miami. So he's always been a dolphins fan, uh, brought up the fact as he tried to convince me that they had a Jewish quarterback, uh, pretty recently. So that's a pretty good thing. Uh, the the incomparable Jay hmm. Fiedler. Um, but, you know, so I think it it just underlines the fact that Miami is a great city. Um, it's a fun city. It even has fans in other cities that are similar to Miami. Uh, I probably wouldn't go there all that often, but I, I still think this is a pretty good rating. Let's say uh, 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10, all right. Yeah, it's definitely a destination city. Number 7. Does a team have player or players you could put on a fantasy roster? In the now-completed team fantasy football draft, Miami went 20th, so not good, but not horrible. Quarterback, Jay Cutler, goes for $1 and drafted in 2% of leagues. Wide receivers, Jarvis Landry, goes for $6, drafted in 100% of leagues. Wide receiver Devontae Parker goes for $3, drafted in 100% of leagues. Okay, so the wide receivers are, I think their value would have been higher if uh, Tannehill was a quarterback, but unfortunately, Jay Culler is throwing them the ball. But running back, Jay Ajayi, last year's diamond in the rough waiver pickup or $1 draft pickup goes for $49 which is by far the highest of any player on either of the two teams we're going to do today and probably any of the four teams we did last week. So he is an elite top five running back, drafting of 100% of leagues, of course. Tight end Julius Thomas, drafted 94% of leagues, only for a buck, though. But, you know, he's uh, he's a tight end that is going to be making it on a lot of people's squads as they're starting tight end. And Julius Thomas was super elite back in the Denver days. So, you know, it's capable of it, but it's of course the question of Peyton Manning throwing him the ball versus Jay Cutler throwing him the ball and he's lost a step. So Joe, what do you think? Well, I mean, I have a new category that I can add to this and that I've actually done my first of three leagues. I've done a fantasy draft and 
Do I have any Dolphins on my roster? I do not. I have no Dolphins on that roster. Now, I still have two more drafts. Captivating podcasting, Joe. (laughs) I still have two more drafts, but uh, not on the current roster. No, I mean, I think there's some players here. I mean, I think that the fact that they have a starting running back that you can draft in any league, if you are a fan of the Dolphins, you're certainly going to be paying uh, for that. So I think this is a 6 out of 10. All right. Well, since we're talking about fantasy leagues, I will note in the Joe Picks and NFL Team League, which we already talked about when the draft is the day before the NFL season, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time. They do have a util slot. They have a quarterback slash running back slash wide receiver slash tight end slot. And that is what it is. So it is a one quarterback. I don't even remember, but I think it's like one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and then one util slot, which can be another quarterback can be whatever, whatever you want, oh, I love and it. it is going to be crazy. I love it. That's going to be awesome. 20 teams, and I, I still have to figure out how I'm going to do the divisions, Joe. I'm going to make sure that, I, I mean, I might have to seed all of the super fans, you know, 1 to 20, and make sure the divisions are somewhat balanced, and also make sure that I'm not in super fan Sean's division, so... I might well, put I mean, him now in we your can, division. We can, we can, you and I can sit down and rank them based on their fandom. How much do they email in? How how helpful have they been to the podcast? Oh, you know, that's a good idea. We should sort them based on their number of emails, create a seating, and then uh, put them and make sure you and I are in the weakest division. Divisions. Well, well obviously. Obviously. That goes without saying. I mean, I mean, frankly, I should make sure to put you in my division. <laughs> I'm due. I'm due for a fantasy win. Yeah, I don't know. After seeing your draft last time, just just button clicking Antonio Brown, bid more, bid more. $1, $1, $1. <laughs> oh, my draft was great. Whatever. <laughs> well, we'll see. Number eight, is the owner a monster? So the owner is Stephen Ross. He is a Jew. He's the second richest owner in the NFL. In the a fantasy draft I was in today, I one of the people in it is a big Dolphins fan. He's not from Miami, but he sort of picked the Dolphins sort of in the way that you're picking a team, although he did it when he was much younger, and I asked him what he thinks about Stephen Ross. And he said, Stephen Ross, huge Trump guy. And I was like, oh, that is not going to be good for the score. But then I researched it, and I just found a clip of Stephen Ross who apparently he's like a real estate tycoon and he's worked with Donald Trump before. And I saw him give an interview where he was like, yeah, Donald Trump's like sort of a fun guy and I like working with him, but I think he'd be a terrible president. So maybe he changed his tune because this interview was like two years ago. Yeah. So, So maybe he like changed his tune over the last two years, but I certainly didn't find any news about that. But anyways, his, his big, Claims to fame are A, as I said, he's Jewish, B, he's super rich, and he's all he's a self-made billionaire. His money didn't come from his parents or anything. He made it all in the real estate business. Uh, although I don't know if he's like Donald Trump and got like a you know <laughs> just a scant like seventy million dollar loan million or something from his friend. Just a small But loan. he's very uh very big philanthropist, uh, especially loves donating money to his alma mater, Michigan. I think he's donated over $300 million to them, and I think he's um, donated more or donated the second most money to a college university of anybody ever. Uh, but 
he still couldn't get Jim Harbaugh to coach the team, even with all of his Michigan connections. But, you know, he spends money on the team. He's made the, like, huge contracts for Indomitian Sue and other players. He's not afraid to throw his money around. He's got lots of money. And, you know, there's, uh, otherwise it, it doesn't seem that he uh, gets into too much trouble or whatever. I mean, it's interesting. It's it's. I mean, it's just a, it's a testament to football that the two richest owners in the NFL. Well, who's the who's the richest owner in the NFL? Paul Allen. Paul right? Allen by Paul far. Allen by by a long shot. Okay. So Forbes ranks sort of Stephen Ross and Stan Kroenke as like tied number two. I'm sure this year one of them will be richer than the other, but Paul Allen number one by like ten million dollars, and then these guys are the number two guys. It's interesting that. So Paul Allen aside, and obviously the Seahawks are very good, but that many of the richest owners own teams that have not been able to translate that wealth into wins. I mean, it just does show that that the that there really is quite a balancing effect from the draft and the salary cap combined. I mean, you would think that like even even with those things that that having more money just with the way that you can manipulate the cap would help, but obviously it hasn't for these teams. So, and you can look at the like Indomitian Sioux contract, like the stuff just hasn't necessarily worked out. It, the NFL is a league where throwing money at the the team doesn't necessarily help. Right, 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 and and it can almost be detrimental because it can it can reward like the worst impulses to just spend a huge amount of money on a free agent, which is not really the best way to manage a team long term. Uh, but look, I mean, he's a rich Jew in Miami. Like I, this guy's going to get a good score from me. Come on. Uh, <laughs> let's just say a, a seven out of 10. Seven out of 10. All right. Number nine, rate the uniform and the logo. The name was picked because the owner at the time, Joe Robbie said the Dolphin nickname was, quote, the Dolphin is one of the fastest and smartest creatures in the sea. So there you go. That is why they were picked. Yeah, I mean, I think that Dolphin is a great mascot. I think I love the mascots that are very specific to the city. It makes sense for Miami to the, you know, to be the Dolphins. I mean, where it doesn't necessarily make sense for, let's say, Carolina Panthers to be the Panthers. Pan- there's no, there's not more Panthers in Carolina than in other places. Yeah, uh, but it makes sense for the for the for Miami to be the Dolphins. I think if the Dolphin were to get into a fight with any of the animals and it were in the ocean, the Dolphin would do great. Yeah, definitely. Well, e- even the ones that can swim, like the tiger, the Dolphin's going to kill it. Definitely. Yeah, I mean the bear. I guess it depends on how shallow the water is because bears are used to killing fish in the water. Yeah. But the dolphin's going to win. I think if the dolphin knew it was a life or death situation, the dolphin has like the huge advantage that the dolphin could just grab your leg and just drag you really far under the water and, you know, just wait you out. Wow. And think if you drag a dolphin onto the land, like the dolphin can still breathe. Oh, my God. The dolphin's like impervious. Yeah. And they're super smart and they can communicate via sonar so we could get its dolphin friends to come help. Yeah, that's right. They do that clicking, and then it's all over. Yeah. So the Dolphins have one of the worst color rush jerseys I think I've ever seen, Dan. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it does look like an orange creamsicle. I, I mean, I just like these neon colors more than you do, I guess. I think this is one of those ones that will look better on TV than it does in, like, a still image. 
Okay, so the other thought I have about the Dolphins. Go look at the Dolphins' old logo. Just, just, just Bing search Dolphins' old logo. Okay, I got it. That's in my mind what I still picture of as a Dolphins logo. And why does a Dolphin need a helmet? Is a Dolphin – like the Dolphin – Oh, wow. A- I didn't even realize this new logo is terrible. I didn't yeah. realize they changed it. Yeah, I know. Oh, but I mean you're suggesting the opposite. No, 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 no. I think this old one's better. But the fact that the Dolphin's wearing a helmet still bugs me. No, I love the Dolphin wearing the helmet. But why doesn't he have shoulder pads? He doesn't need shoulder pads. He's got those fins. Well, he doesn't need a helmet. They have very hard, hard heads. Well, you could always use a helmet. I mean, if we were doing like the bear versus the tiger and you could tell me one of the two ones gets like a form fitting helmet, I immediately put all my money on that one. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. A dolphin with a helmet would be very formidable. I mean, this may have been an early indication of what the league knew about CTE they're like, even that dolphin, put a helmet on it. Just put a helmet on it. Yeah. I mean, we don't know how many of these animals are getting CT because a lot of animals do like ram other animals, especially well, it's dolphins. Well, actually true. So the old dolphin logo has a dolphin and a helmet. And the new dolphin logo, the dolphin looks confused and disoriented. So this is the dolphin before is trying to prevent CTE. But now the current dolphin actually has CTE, unfortunately. Well, you know, the thing is, they've done the studies. If you put a helmet on the dolphin, it actually rams things much more. Yep. If you take the helmet off, the it dolphin's it's much impervious. more careful. Exactly. exactly. And then it actually ends up getting less CTE. But I think we can agree the old logo is much better than the new one. Oh, they're not even close. I love the old logo. The new one looks just like a corporate like a corporate dolphin, dolphin corp. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. That's, that's definitely negative points for Stephen Ross for approving that new one. All right. Uh, not a fan of the color rush. I do like the colors. I do like the logo. I think a dolphin is a pretty kick-ass animal. I mean, the colors are very pastel. Like, I don't think you're... The, the colors go with the environment so nicely. I don't mind the pastel colors. I don't like the orange. All right. Well, the orange is it's a critical part of it. But it's fun. It's summer. It's warm. You know, it's, it's not like some bleak, like, you know, the black and purple or something you know these are bright these are sunny colors yeah i like the black and purple uh let's give this a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten all right number 10 do they play a style of play you'd enjoy watching well last year they were dead in the middle of the nfl they were 16th in weighted dvoa they were 14th on offense and 19th on defense I can't say I watched too many Dolphin games, but I did have Jay Ajayi on my championship winning teams. And from my understanding of having him, from my recollection of having him on my fantasy team, I believe he either ran for like 30 yards or like 250 yards every game. So they definitely (laughs) had games where they're like breaking, smashing all these records and scoring a million points. And they also must have had games where... He was not running very much, and maybe they were passing the ball or something. But I think it's certain it's an offense that clearly has these unbelievable playmakers who can explode, but I'm, they must have had weeks where they weren't because they're dead squat. They're dead in the middle of the NFL. So, And, you know, it's like Tannehill. And also Jay Cutler has a certain style of play that is not necessarily great for fans. I mean, Jay Cutler is... an NFL analyst that was pulled out of the booth to like play football again. So in addition to whatever notion you have about Jay Cutler, 
add in the fact that he was retired from football and yeah, he also, it's going to be an adventure. On Tony's face punchability index is very high. Very high. Yeah. Very punchable. Very punchable face. Yeah, I don't think this is a style of play I would particularly enjoy. I think it's actually going to be a rough year in terms of style of play. Even if they win, I think they're going to win kind of ugly with Jay Cutler. Uh, let's say three and a half. Three and a half. All right. Oof. Number 11. What is interesting about this fan base? Uh, I'm sure there is something interesting about it, Joe. I sort of am phoning it in for these last two episodes, so I don't know what it is. You know, they have the thing where whenever every team loses, you know, the, like, undefeated team guys pop the champagne, which is pretty fun. I don't know if the fans pop the champagne, too. Probably not. Oh, I mean, I think if you were a fan that... I mean, I think if you're, like, a new fan, you shouldn't do it. But if you were a fan, then I think you are in the right to do that. The fun thing about that is it is always fun in the NFL season when every team gets a loss because it just shows, like, how difficult it is to not lose a game, even for the great teams. You know, they always have, you know, something get a fumble or, you know, one bad game normally happens. And uh, it is one of the cool things about the NFL, this horrible league. But I got nothing, Joe. What do you got? What are you researching? Yeah, I mean, this is tough. This is tough, Dan. You're not giving me a lot to work with here. Uh, I think that the well, Dolphins... Well, th- I, I can tell you this. The Miami fans are sort of known to be very fair-weather bunch. Like, they come in late. It's it's like L.A. fans. You know, why are you stuffing yourself in traffic and stadiums and lines and stuff when you just go to the beach that's like five miles away? Yeah, I think that's right. And, and also, I mean, we know that Miami's not really a baseball town the baseball team is not very popular yeah definitely not because i'm my team is playing them right now and very few fans i do feel like um it's more of a basketball town though than a football maybe maybe it's most a football town but but it it, it, it flirts with being a basketball town for sure well when lebron james was there it absolutely was a basketball town and, you know, we didn't go over it in the TripAdvisor rankings, but the basketball arena is in the top five. The The football stadium is not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, even like my, my cursory Bing search while I've been uh, looking uh, has has not turned up anything interesting uh, on the Miami fans, which is quite telling, actually. So uh, let's say a two out of ten. Two out of ten. Wow. Number 12, Joe. Our penultimate number 12. Our penultimate drink. Dan. Wow, Joe, when we go to the playoffs, are we going to mix the drink for each team, just like a mini one? To no, sample? no, no. We're going to get a punch bowl and mix the drinks for all the teams. <laughs> just in the thing? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. going to be crazy, Joe. Yep. It's yep. going to be just like uh, just like college. And that's going to be that's going to be called the Joe Picks Teeny. <laughs> Every everybody can make it at home. Just take <laughs> Every ingredient you have that makes liquor and mix it together. <laughs> and don't forget to go out and buy some, uh, wait, what was it called again? Galliano. Don't forget to go out and buy some Galliano. You're the one who bought it. You should remember. Key, it, ingre- key right. ingredient. What do you rate the mojito? How could you not like a mojito? Dan, I mean, one of my favorite things in the world is to muddle. I love muddling things. And I don't get enough opportunities. Wow. I feel like I would have fit in great during like the mortar and pestle times when that was like a main thing that you did to like crush up spices oh look i love muddling too joe i made myself a custom muddler with my woodworking skills see that's great it's a great muddler i need you to make me one because i really like to muddle 
Wow. I could make you one, Joe, but I'm not going to. All right. Fair enough. Uh, this is an 8 out of 10. What a drink. What a drink. Wow, Joe. The Miami Dolphins check in, swim in at 64 and a half. Ooh. Now, that puts them exactly equal to your beloved former local team, the New England Patriots, which were a no. The Buccaneers at 65 were a no. The Washington Football Club at 66 and a half was a no. And the Cardinals at 69 and a half were a no. But that was, you know, special circumstances. A revised no, yeah. Their contemporaries in the maybe section are the Panthers at 66, the Broncos at 62, and the Chargers at 62. So the Chargers and the Broncos are the only teams uh, in the maybe section that have a lower score. And there are a few teams. Uh, you've got four teams in the no section with higher or equal scores. And uh, yeah, so this is this is right in the uh, the borderline zone, I'd say. This is borderline, but worth pointing out that if the Dolphins were to go through, they would be one of our lowest seeded teams to go through. Well, the two lowest seeded teams right now are the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos. So if they went, well, the zombie team would also be presumably one of the lower seeded teams. So they probably wouldn't even be in the play-in zone. They'd probably just make it to the main bracket. Yeah, that's interesting. That is very interesting. Though, Joe, you could manipulate the whole system, pass them through, but then dock their score somewhere to... uh, protect your chargers from having to play a play-in game no 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 i'm i'm just calling balls and strikes dan come on the dolphins are unfortunately a no as much as i would love to drink another mojito in the playoffs i think that we're going to leave the dolphins behind here it's been great discussing them they were close they were really close but just not quite there well it would only be a mojito mixed with like 50 other things that's Joe. true it's such a delicate drink it might be uh its flavors might be blown away it's like a horse. We need to breed it with a donkey so we can make a stronger drink. No, that's all right. Whatever. Oh, and it would be all a right, Moscow thank mule. You everybody. Okay. For listening this far in our penultimate episode. This is it, Joe. One episode left of the <sighs> podcast. Dan, that's I'm so crazy. Sad. And let's just get right to it. Shall we, Joe? Let's do it. <laughs> 